welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host, fellow nerd, fellow beefcake, mm. Matt O'Hara. That's me. Yeah. Switched things up today. We did. Yeah, we worked out before we podcast. I'm all like flowing with blood. Yeah, I'm jacked up right now. Yeah, I'm a little sweaty. Mildly sweaty. I'm definitely sweaty. Pounding this cold Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Got my show notes in front of me on the NFC South. Ooh. Baker Mayfield just signed his rookie contract with yes. Cleveland Browns. Uh, what else is new? Um, There was some Josh Gordon news that dropped this week. Oh, yeah. Forget, can't, can't get by with the Josh Gordon news. So... Josh Gordon says he won't be at training camp, enter himself back into a rehab facilitation center um, with anxiety, I guess. Is that, you know, allegedly, reportedly type of stuff? We don't really know any of that for sure. So I dug into it as much as I could, and what I've gotten out of it so far, it looks like he checked himself into a facility. um, Just kind of like as the season's getting closer now, I'm sure with all the cameras around too, he said something with his anxiety. well, in his addiction, you know, it makes that makes sense. I mean, they could have gone hand in hand this whole time. You know, I mean, he could have always been had anxiety towards performing out in front of people. So as a crutch, he was maybe using drugs to kind of numb that pain or numb that anxiety. Yeah, wouldn't it be if there was a really good I, I, I somebody tweeted this out. And I I'm some stealing this and I liked it. I was like, wouldn't it be really nice if there was a legal, safe medicine that really helped with the anxiety? Like. Um, no, that'd marijuana, be, that'd, be, that'd be great. And I'm, I, I was guessing you were angling towards marijuana, but, um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it, it makes total sense that, um, you know, with, with everything coming, especially with the hard knocks, the extra pressure that goes along with that being on national television, even leading up to the season. It, I mean, it just makes sense that he's, that he's checking himself in for those kind of reasons. And he's got a medical team around him implied by the NFL. So this could be something that they all kind of came together on saying hey you know he can say hey man i'm, I'm feeling my anxiety's kicking in here i really feel the urge to like smoke or you know take a pill or whatever he wants to do and they're like hey okay let's you know let's take a step back before training camp let's enter this facility um and go from there so i mean obviously what comes first is his sobriety and his well-being so right. i think this could be a good thing i know at first everybody you know takes the bad part of it and going oh he's done he got caught getting suspended NFL reiterated that he's not suspended. He did not fail a test. Adam Schefter came out and say it, said it. Benjamin Albright came out and said it. So I think we're all good there. I know the NFL saying we'll address the situation when the time's right kind of made it a little bit nervous. And they, Yeah, right, and they might have just been um, kind of respecting his privacy at that point. They, might, they may have been. And it may be just something like, hey, we don't know what's going on either. We just got to kind of wait back and see what happens from our end as well. And that's what they meant by the time is right. I think it's a good buy low on Josh Gordon because I think some people are going to be really freaking out right now going, oh, man, this is it. It's over. Uh, I knew I should have hung on to him. I I test the waters. I'm still buying. I'm not As a Josh Gordon owner, I'm a little worried about that, but I, like, I'm not overly concerned. I still feel like he'll be back. I, I feel like come week two of training camp and he's here, it's just going to kind of blow over. It come out. He just needed, you know, get his life in check, get his anxiety down. He's good to go. Well, you know, that's certainly the hope, um, just for his own his own good. I mean, at this point, yeah, yeah, that's, I hope so too. Because the guy's an absolute stud muffin, right? He's a freaking nature, absolutely. Um, so today we're talking about the NFC South, and after that, we only have one more division to go, right? 
And then we're going to do our sleeper episode of the year, right? Sleeper episode. Sleeper. And then after that, I'll do my bust out the crystal balls, and we'll do a whole crystal ball show on my bold predictions. Love it. I love that show. You don't do anything. You just comment. I just comment on your ridiculousness. Yeah, it's going to be. I I try to go balls out on that, too. (laughs) Craziness. So we're going to get real crazy. I'm going to shine those balls up, treat them real nice like. You know, you let them build up for a little while. So when you get, when you just want to let them explode with full of knowledge, you know, you got to give them time. You got to let them rest. That way you get a lot of information coming out of there. A lot of uh, data. Build up. Build up. Yes. Yes. Kind of build up to this episode here at the NMC South. Let's just dive right in, shall we? How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you feel like we just start off with uh, the Carolina Panthers down there? The Carolina Panthers is a great place to start. I love that. Yeah, never been there. Never been in their stadium. I try to go to every stadium. I feel like um, you know I've driven I've driven through the Carolina area where the stadium is, but I've never been there. Yeah, it's a it's on my hit list of like when we play the Panthers in Carolina, like one of the places I want to go. Carolina is a beautiful area. We were together. We had a, we had our last rookie draft uh, this past weekend. We did, and we were up for debates. I said, "Hey, are you going to go to Houston or not?" And you're like, "I'm leaning that way. Let me see what goes on with my kids." Yep, because I'm still leaning towards going to Houston. Houston would be, Houston would be awesome. It's going to be great. Yep, our good friend Dave Brown lives there. He's going to have us over for food and beer. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's jump in here to Carolina Panthers. We're looking at a wide receiver depth chart of Devin Funches, DJ Moore, Torrey Smith, Curtis Samuel, Jarius Wright. Running backs, Christian McCaffrey, CJ Anderson, Cameron Artis Payne, Elijah Hood. Tight ends, Greg Olson, Ian Thomas. And the quarterbacks are Cam Newen, Garrett Gilbert, and Taylor Heineke. There sounds, you go. Sounds pretty uh, in depth there, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Um, you probably went a little too deep with Heineke. I yeah, know. I just I didn't know who was going to totally because no, they picked I, him I up understand. waivers, right? You know, no, um, so with, just, with Derek with Derek Anderson moving on, um, you you have to kind of list both those guys because it's a little bit of an unsettled situation. I yeah, I mean Cam's always healthy. I mean he's only misses uh, he's only missed a couple games ever. Right. The guy's a stud. I mean you're talking about Cam Newton. Uh, he was QB three last year in weeks one through sixteen. If you would have gave him one more week, he would have finished his QB2 overall. So Cam's just an all-around stud. You yeah, know? he's a machine. Every yep. year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's coming off career highs and rush attempts with 139 and yards with 754. Um, Which is funny because the narrative going into last year was that they were going to try to cut that down. Yeah, career and, highs. Right. But this year you have to think so because they're bringing Norv Turner. And Norv Turner is their new offensive coordinator, and he's somebody that really likes a pocket passer. He does. Um but I, I listened to an interview with Norv uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he made it sound like not much of the offense is going to change, because the Smart. guy, the guys that were there previous to Norv getting there, um, had had crossed paths with Norv, so it was a lot of the same terminology and stuff like that. So I, I would imagine he'll probably tweak it, but it won't be a total overhaul with Norv coming in. Yeah, you have to utilize that. I mean, that's one of the you know the reason he finishes so high in fantasy rankings is because of you know seven hundred fifty rushing yards will do oh, yeah. that for you when Absolutely. you get it from the quarterback. You know, it's it's what gets us to like about Lamar Jackson a lot. The benefits of Lamar Jackson, the passer, are going to be, you know, you have Devin Funchess there. They invest a first-round pick, the first receiver taken in the NFL draft, and D.J. Moore out of Maryland. They signed Torrey Smith, uh, Curtis Samuel coming off that ankle injury. They had some ligament damage, so didn't get to see him much last year. We'll see how he pro- progresses. It looks like he's going to be okay for training camp, which is a nice surprise. Yeah, that is. Um, and yeah. Jarius Wright's just Jarius Wright. You can kind of – you know, just whatever kind of sandwich you want to define that as is he's a sandwich. Yeah, he's he's a fourth or fifth wide receiver on any 
random roster, you know, whatever. So with Devin Funches is where I want to start there. You know, six foot four, two thirty two. When he came out out of Michigan, you know, the former tight end, we used to we really ragged on him a lot. Yeah. And yeah. we said, Okay, he's a big miss. But at the same time, you know, did we real is Devin Funches does he fall into a perfect sell high candidate here because you know he really has trouble with separation, first of all. His stats last year, he finishes wide receiver 21 in PPR leagues in, from week 1 to 16. He had 63 receptions for 840 yards and 8, yard, eight, eight touchdowns. But you got to really think most of that benefited because Kelvin Benjamin was traded, and then Greg Olson got hurt. Because, Greg Olson listen, was out, yep. Because once Greg Olson came back, I mean, his numbers really dropped. He saw two less targets a game, and he saw half the yards. He went from uh, 81 yards a game to about 39.3 yards per game once Olson came back. And, and, Greg, and Greg, he is tight in the hips. And, and Greg Olson is uh, a much more accomplished red zone target as well. So, Ooh, yeah. North so, Turner loves those tight ends. Yes, he does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think all those factors, and, and then, you know, you factor in the fact um, this is Devin Funches' last year on his contract as well. Um, he might be a, 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 sell, a sell candidate, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't know if they're going to keep him. Um, I why? guess huh? why? Yeah, why would you? At, I mean, at this point, when you got DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, I think Devin Funches is probably going to be with another team next year. And you could find another big receiver if you need one, right? And they don't have a ton. It's not like the, the Panthers have you know twenty million dollars in cap. They only have five million dollars right now in cap space. So I mean, if I don't know exactly if they have some other big names coming up, but if they do, it's going to be very hard for them to to also sign Devin Funches. So yeah, and you got to work it out on the road here. You're going to sign Christian McCaffrey again down the road here. So for me, I look at Devin Funches is I'd I'd like to try and see what I can get for him now today this week before training camp, but at the same time, hopefully he can start off a little bit early with a rookie. You know, Torrey Smith there, rookie receiver. Maybe he can put a little something together early. And you can kind of capitalize early, maybe, or maybe somebody's wait till an injury comes along to a wide receiver, then jump on that. I just feel like the upside, the fun chess is like what we saw last year. Right. You know, the 840 yards. He was the main guy. There's nobody else to really go to. So there's not a lot of competition there. The guy can't get separation. He's more like a a big target. You know, he is. He's six four. 232 so he's a nice possession receiver though oh, yeah yep. but i mean that's about it and that can only get you so far for a guy with his kind of athleticism i would think so to me i think maybe we were like maybe okay, we we're off because we thought he'd be terrible but i think the upside again wide receiver 21 is great that's that's a, you know a low-end wide receiver too but i mean what took him to get there was literally having nobody else to throw the football the, the perfect storm got him there yeah. is basically what happened so it's almost like inflated numbers a little bit he's entering year, the final year of his contract here i don't think he's going to be a terrible option going to four but i i, I see him more as like a low end wide receiver 3 maybe going forward so for me dynasty outlook a guy him who's most likely going to get bigger and slower than you know, slimmer and faster in the future. Right. No, yeah. It usually doesn't go that direction. But I mean, the, the one good thing that he does have going for him, he's only 24 years old. So, I mean. And it's a contract here. And, and he's a free agent. So, it, it, that, that could be a double-edged sword. So, if he goes somewhere and he ends up in a great situation, um, he might actually be a good guy to have. So, it, it kind of goes both ways with, with Devin Funches. You know, make up your own mind, I guess. I, I would be selling probably, but I've never really loved the guy. Yeah, me neither. Uh, at tight end, you have Greg Olson, who's 33. They re- they re-upped him a little bit there. Um, but Ol- Olson is coming off that Jones fracture, and that usually 
I think it was 20% of the time requires a second surgery. Uh, that's the injury that um, Julio uh, Julio had, Sammy Watkins Sammy had, Des Bryant had, Bryan had it. Had yeah. Um, um, it, it definitely does. It, a lot of the times there's a, a flare up, you know, a year or so later um, after the surgery. And, and I mean, Greg Olson has, has already been doing like combine coverage and stuff like that for a few years and has been offered like TV stuff. So I think, you know, he's he's not a free agent. You know, his contract, quote unquote, um, ends in 2020. So he's not a free agent until 2021. But and he's really on the books like they can't they can't get rid of him for the next couple of years without, you know, taking a cat like a major cap hit. So he has to retire. He, yeah, I was going to say he might just end up retiring, though. He's 33 years old. Ian Thomas is obviously the guy that they've already they have already been kind of talking this guy up how they he's a little bit more ahead than they thought he would be um, at the very beginning of, of all this stuff. So you know if if I'm looking for a future type of guy in two or three years, Ian Thomas is a nice little pickup here in rookie. Yeah, because once also if he doesn't need that second foot surgery, it's over. That's a wrap on his career, right? A, a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, he, I mean he is I think borderline, um, but he'll probably. He'll probably squeak in at some point. Yeah, he's pretty good. We'll see what he does. Yeah, you're right. He probably is more borderline, but he's been pretty steady. He has been pretty steady. Yeah. Um, at running back situation, you know they re- they signed C.J. Anderson, come off his first thousand yard campaign. I think he had like a thousand seven yards, uh, for Denver last year. Then they cut him loose, and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's the obvious dynasty asset here. Finishes running back ten last year, his rookie year. Running back ten overall in PPR leagues. Uh. Even in non-TPR, he finishes running back 15, which is Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, pretty on, good. on the yards alone, right? Yeah, so Christian McCaffrey led running backs in targets last year with 116 uh, at 651 receiving yards. And, you know, for a guy of his caliber coming in a rookie year, his size, a respectable 3.72 yards per carry. Not good, you right. know, but for him, I can live with that going into for his rookie year for his rookie year and and you know for for his build like you had already mentioned uh that's not that's not horrible you you're you're gonna want to see that jump up into the fours though for this year um you know to really feel great about uh christian mccaffrey long term do you think he do you think do you think christian mccaffrey can establish himself as an in-between the tackles first second down running back uh, for like you mean know, like a smaller guy like almost like a Deion lewis type of guy i don't i mean i don't see why not mm-hmm. um i think he's a he's a very patient runner and and you know maybe he just sometimes needs to hit it up in there a little bit more more quickly instead of instead of really just waiting behind the line of scrimmage so i mean that's kind of that's kind of stuff that he'll have to work on and really get an upfield and and to increase that if he can't if he can to I mean, increase that, the average that can put him in the upper echelon right absolutely of running backs i mean you're talking like the alvin kamara's then if he could somehow now obviously kamara averaged over six yards per carry which is he's not going to do this year i think it was 6.1 yards per carry uh but at the same time if he could just get to about 4.3 yards per carry He'll be pretty fantastic just with the opportunity to increase those rushing yards altogether. Yeah, no, it, it's um, you know, I would expect big things out of him in the years to come. Yeah, still an elite dynasty asset to running back because again, he gets he gets su- su- just live off of those targets alone. Again, led the NFL for running backs in receiving yards or, or I mean targets. Mm-hmm. Two running backs we're going to talk about today were in the top three in targets. Le'Veon Bell being number two. Alvin Kamara being number three, who we're going to talk about talk about here in a couple uh, teams away. They bring in C.J. Anderson. So, 
they're gonna, you know, maybe they see what we can get out of Christian McCaffrey. Maybe they ease him into the role. In the meantime, they use C.J. Anderson here in between. I think C.J. Anderson could possibly be a guy that you can trade for if you're desperate for running back help that might give you just enough as a potential very low-end running back too, staying healthy. Jay Stu did, Jonathan Stewart last year did finish with the most carries inside the 10-yard line with 28 and in the top five inside the five-yard line with 12 carries. So the opportunities are there for the goal line carries because they're not giving them to Christian McCaffrey. So if they can move the ball downfield, you know, with Cam there, with Christian McCaffrey, bringing in DJ Moore, who we have, we, we didn't even talk about DJ Moore. Uh, Cameron, I, I mentioned him briefly. See, Anderson <laughs> might have some value. We, we got to kind of go back to that after we talk about these running backs. We talked about Devin Funches when we were in a gay Olson. But, right. So, CJ Anderson, he's only on a one year deal. Yep. So, he's, it's he's not, only got 500,000 guaranteed. So, I mean, it's not even like he's really got a spot guaranteed. He'll be there. He'll be there, though. And, he's fine. And, um, I think that's the only way he has value is if he's a t- uh, a touchdown vulture, and and the hard part to guess about that is, I mean, is it going to be Cam vulturing him then also? Like, so is he just going to be in the game and then Cam just vultures the touchdown, which I I went through for years with with Jonathan Stewart. So I think that's a frustrating situation. I think if you're a C.J. Anderson owner you weren't very happy that he went to Carolina but at the same time I mean like I said I mean last year Jonathan Stewart had the most carries inside the 10 yard line in the NFL and he had the most carries inside the five yard line in the NFL so I, I mean I, I last if you're year worried about Vulture, I mean the opportunity was there last year but, but I mean I think Stewart was older last year I mean that's what I mean I, I I think if you look at the at the whole span of Cam's career um when they get down in the five yard line he's the one that's like you know reaching the ball over the goal line and scoring those touchdowns and it's it's pretty annoying and frustrating for okay so we have to move out of carolina yep before we do that dj moore tory smith do you think tory smith holds any value here no he's a goal long guy he's he's just there to to really take the top off the defense helps NFL teams more than yeah. he helps. I'm really interested in DJ Moore and see how he kind of translates to this offense and what, how Norb Turner's going to use him with this cl- quick explosiveness kind of just style of play here. Right. Cause I mean, Norb is a Norb is a down the field type of guy. So, I mean, I understand that, you know, Torrey Smith is a good fit. I know why they tried to get him there. I, I just don't think Torrey Smith is any good and, and I never really have. So, he has issues catching the ball. I mean, he's always been able to get over the top of people. Um, so I think I, th- I think DJ Moore is going to be used a little bit more downfield than he was in college, um, It was my point. First receiver taking the NFL draft. Will DJ Moore, if you had a guess today without any production, will he be the number one receiver out of this class from a fantasy output? In, in year one, you said? No, just for six years from now. If you had a <sighs> Tough guess, I know. Yeah, n- but no, I don't think so. No, either do I. Uh, PPR leagues, there's guys like, you know, obviously Calvin Ridley could succeed here if Cortland Sutton can put together and be the number one receiver. Anthony Miller. Right. Uh, with his Josh Gordon news, Antonio Callaway has the capabilities to be a top-end receiver. Again, guys slipping to the end of the second round in drafts can end up being really good value in the future. Moving on. Moving Let's go on. down to Hotlanta, baby. You ever Ooh. been to Atlanta? Never. Other than the airport. I've never been to Atlanta. I don't count it if you just are in the airport. You know? No, because that, if that's the case, I've been to 
I think Houston, because I think I flew in an airport once, got off there their plane and got in another plane. Right on. Uh, so I've, I've, I've breathed their air. Yep. Uh, never been to Atlanta. No offense to Atlantans. I have no urge to go to Atlanta either. I heard the traffic's terrible. Oh. Hate traffic. Traffic's the worst. So the Atlanta Falcons at wide receiver, we have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, Justin Hardy. At running back, we have Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Ido Smith, tight end, Austin Hooper, Eric Saubert. Logan Paulson, and at quarterback, the highest-paid guy in the NFL, Matt Ryan, mm. backed up by Matt Schaub, and then you have Garrett Grayson. Wasn't Garrett Grayson on the Saints? He was. Thought so. Let's start at the top where it's hot, shall we? Let's do Since it. Since we're in hot Atlanta. Julio, Julio Jones. I'm not coming to camp, Jones. Pay me, bitches, because I need some money. I've only had 1,400-plus yards for the last four seasons. I mean, what does that get you? Oh. I had almost 2,000 yards in 16. Yeah. Gross. He's really good. Or was it 15? I can't remember. One of those years. You're talking about a guy who's had 1,400-plus receiving yards in each of the last four seasons. Uh, he's a guy, last year, if Julio Jones would have caught two more touchdowns, he would have finished as wide receiver three overall. Instead, he finishes wide receiver seven because he can't catch touchdowns, really. At least last year. I, mean, I was going to say, three. I don't think that was that historically, has, historically. Has, been a, has been a problem. But last year, you know, a new offensive coordinator, I think – um, year two with Steve Sarkeesian will probably be a little bit better, and, and you would think they would make an attempt to um, highlight Julio a little bit more. They made attempts last year, dude. He had 19 red zone targets, had three touchdowns. And remember, he only had one touchdown for like a really for a long time. long time. Those other two touchdowns came like late because I remember I remember saying, "Oh, he'll probably have like a five touchdown game or something <laughs> like that." It just never happened. No, it never happened for Julio, but. It just goes to show the guy fin- scores three touchdowns and still finishes at wide receiver seven. That's sick. Yep. And I said, if he scores too much, tu- tu- two more touchdowns, 12 more points, he finishes wide receiver three on a year. Total different talks. I mean, I, again, you're going from wide receiver seven. People are like someone on who like people are down on Julio. His ADP is slipped because of age. Everything's everybody's some a little bit more down than Julio. If Julio finished last year's wide receiver three, the hype train would still be going pretty strong. Yes, it would be. So still a great dynasty asset here. But if you're not a contender, I mean, now's the time to sell on Julio. Obviously, at 30 years old, we shouldn't have to really explain that out. He's not somebody you want to ride down with a ship. He still has really good dynasty value here. Yeah, you can get a lot for Julio. You get a ton for Julio. Yep. You know, I, I'm targeting multiple first-round picks. I mean, it, you besides, I think, Saquon Barkley in this year's draft, you'd have your pickings of wherever you want plus some. Yep. Uh, he's that kind of dynamic player. And if you just can't compete, and if you're – if you're realistic with your team here, like if you're like, okay, I have Julio, I could try to win, but then you have Julio and like a whole bunch of other like Devin Funcheses on your team, you know, <laughs> uh, it might be time to try and uh, blow that thing up there. Yeah. So start with Devin Funches, move him first, and then blow it up and go full on. Julio. Julio. So if they drafted receiver in the first round too, Calvin Ridley out of Alabama, prestige route runner. Yeah, he's a very good route runner. Um, very quick off the line. And really, uh, the Falcons in, in general is another team that don't have a ton of cap space. I mean, only only a little bit over $5 million. And Julio's getting up there and Mohamed Sanu. Um, they're both, you know, 28 and 29 respectively right now. So, I mean, I, I know you, you mentioned Julio is 30. I'm guessing he's probably going to be turning 30 soon. Um, so it's one of those things that Calvin really is going to have a pretty clear path to – having one of those starting outside wide receivers positions pretty soon. I mean, within the next year or two for sure. Well, I mean, Muhammad Sanu has been mostly a slot receiver as it is. 
So I think he's going to fit right in there in the slot. But Sanu's nobody. Sp- I mean, you know, when Julio goes down, he was vile. But the same year, the guy's been in the league for six years. He's never surpassed 800 yards or five touchdowns. No, I, no. Mohamed Sanu, I think, has finally settled into, like, a complimentary role. He's he's not going to be a guy that can handle larger than a wide receiver two slash three role on a team. Remember what I said? Mohamed Sanu, who? There's a new wide receiver, too, and oh, that's Calvin Ridley. That's right. And speaking old, I mean, Calvin Ridley will be 24 when the season starts, so he's no spring chicken himself as a, from a rookie aspect. But he's experienced, runs good routes, good off the line. I think he's somebody that can come in and be viable year one. I don't doubt that either, especially in this offense. Uh, if I had to guess, if I, had to, I think it's going to be a three-man race to be the number one fantasy receiver amongst rookies between Anthony Miller, Michael Gallup, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, if I had to pick one of those guys, and there's a lot of good reports coming out early about Anthony Miller already. There really are. So I'd kind of lean that way. I think the best situation for opportunity is going to be Michael Gallup. Yeah, Gallup. But but the best guy throwing on the ball is probably Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. So Yeah, Matt Ryan's kind of got like a somewhat – I mean, he comes off his MVP, MVP year and then has a bad year. But actually, you know – no team for Matt Ryan here. No team had worse drop rate on third downs than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had the most interceptions on non-turnover worthy throws. Eight. So wow. yeah. his, his team was not helping him out no, at all last year. So Matt Ryan, you know, again, a little bit older, but just kind of a middle-of-the-pack dynasty quarterback, too. He's a QB2 in super flex leagues. So he's... He's just okay. Like, if you're doing redraft, you're not drafting Matt Ryan to be your number one quarterback. No. No, not not at this point. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that's probably going to have years where he, you know, he finishes as a wider, I mean, a quarterback one. But, but even then, you're looking at quarterback eight to 12 probably, right. most likely. If he gets a, quarter, a touchdown bump, you know, we're, we're talking maybe like, say, 10 more touchdowns. I mean, how much is that really going to drive up the value? No, I no, no like I was saying, I mean, I, He's not a high end guy, but he, he could. He's going to be one of those Eli Manning type of guys that every once in a while gets up there in the conversation as QB one. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you have Julio and you have the weapons around him. Right. So at tight end, you have Austin Hooper. Again, Austin Hooper is somewhat like of an afterthought on this team, but he's only twenty three. He's going to turn twenty four in November. Yep. He's entering the uh, third year of his deal, so. Right there is a nice little bonus too, because you know tight ends take time to develop. They definitely do, man. And and he had drop issues um last year six drops right six six most most against uh tight ends so it's one of those things i I, you didn't see that in his history so it might have been a fluky one of those one-off year type of of issues i mean obviously we'll see this year because this is like kind of the the make or break year i'd say for his you know grip on the starting position at least so you know if he has those same kind of issues you might see a guy you know an eric sobert get a little bit more of an opportunity this year and, and see what he can do. So, I mean, that's something I'm keeping a really close eye on. Um, if, if Hooper kind of falters early in the, early on in the season, are they, are they shifting to a different guy and Eric, uh, Sobert or whatever, however they pronounce that guy's name? Um, or are they going to stick with him and work work through all this stuff? Cause if they do, if they stick with him, that's good news. You know, if you're a Hooper owner and, and, you know, you like his long-term he's projection. Intri- he's really intriguing to me he here is. because he's somebody that could be an afterthought now that can kind of take a really big step forward in year three. Because last year he flatlined over 100 yards week one, never got past 50 yards after that. Finished the year on 49 catches, 526 yards. Dud. 
No mm-hmm. thanks. Don't need you. Don't want anything to do with you, Hooper. More like Pooper, okay? Keep it up like this, and we're going to start calling you Austin Pooper. Nobody wants a nickname like Austin Pooper because you're not going to have any friends, all right? I, gar- I guarantee somebody's calling that. Yeah, I just did, Matt. <laughs> Austin Pooper. <laughs> it's on him. It's on him to get to H-back. Get that H-back. Yeah, so, but I'm not down out. Again, young, good offense, good system here. I'm going to go ahead and think Dynasty uh, Hooper for a Dynasty value could be kind of a nice little sleeper, maybe a tight end premium league. Maybe a, a buy low candidate, bus bus potential there, but some nice upside as well. At the same time, where are all the targets going to come from when you bring in a guy like Calvin Ridley, who's going to ask for some targets himself? A little worrisome there. A little worrisome. I mean, not to mention that their running backs catch a lot of passes as well. I mean, between Tevin Coleman and, and Devontae Freeman, there's just not a lot to go around in the tight end position. You know, especially if you add in a quality a quality third wide receiver. So you have two quality running backs there, like you mentioned, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. They draft Edo Smith. Edo Smith is kind of like saying, hey, Tevin Coleman, like you said, they're already cash-strapped. They're not re-signing Tevin Coleman. No, I mean, they have to re- they they have $5 bucks right now under the cap. They have a really young defense, and a lot of them are going to be coming up for deals in the next few years. So there is literally no way that they're going to be able to sign Tevin Coleman. And Coleman's a quality. He's a very intriguing running back. We mentioned this before about somebody you might want to trade for this year for that Michael the Burner Turner kind of effect. Right. Who just so happened to end up in Atlanta there off the Chargers. Where Coleman's had some nice stats. You got to remember, before Coleman got hurt before, uh, this was two years ago, I think, when him and Devontae Freeman, again, again, this is Kyle Shannon's offense, were both top eight fantasy PPR running backs. Right. Uh, Tevin Coleman enters contract year. Uh, you know, he's a, he has a potential where if Devontae Freeman got hurt, he could be a running back one. He had a career high last year with 183 touches for 927 combined yards. Uh, That's eight touchdowns, 27 receptions. Only 65 targets is all he needed for um, those touchdowns and yards. Nice. So pretty impressive. He's a big-time, big-time playmaker. Yeah, he's a chunk yardage type of guy. You know, Uh, he's got the breakaway speed that – you know, he can turn a, a five-yard catch into a, a 65-yard touchdown, one of those type of guys. Freeman, who's 26, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry in back-to-back years, averaged 16.6 touches per game. But he only had two games where he rushed for over two, 100 yards. That's not too great. Has t- had two con- concussions last year, so he mixed, missed weeks 11 and 12. Had an MCL, PCL strain at the end of the year, too. Kind of said that bothered him as well. His carries and his receptions have decreased in each of the past two years. What are your thoughts? I mean, you're a huge on Devontae Freeman coming out of his rookie year. You drafted mm-hmm. him everywhere. He's won you some championships. Uh, I feel weird about him because I feel like he's undervalued right now. But at the same time, I'm like, I would, I'd be trying to sell Devontae Freeman. So it's, that's, I, 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 unfortunately, I think the Devontae Freeman window to sell might even be over. I mean, I don't know, like. Like you said, his value is is so depressed right now. There's, you're almost stuck with a guy because you're not going to get fair value. You're not going to get fair value. You might as well hold on to him and just collect your running back two numbers at this point. With the potential, hopefully, be a running back two. I just feel like they're going to really run to keep him a little bit more fresh. Come off of those injuries and concussions, they're going to run Tevin Coleman pretty well this year. They paid him an awful lot of money, um, Devontae Freeman, yeah. to 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 really take it easy on him. I, I don't think that's like in their mentality. I don't think they need to keep him fresh. I think they, 
I think they need to get their money's worth. Tevin Coleman's going to be gone. They probably are going to sprinkle in a little bit of Edo Smith this year to see what they got for next year. And that's going to be the breakdown. And, and you know, ride, ride their horses into the ground, basically. So Freeman's healthy now. He, You have Freeman. If, again, this is in a vacuum, and you, you're capable of doing this, uh, depending on your team. Freeman starts off well. Top top nine fantasy running back entering week four. Are you trying to get out? If I'm not a serious contender, yeah. If you just can afford to lose him, period. If, you're gonna, even, if you can afford to lose him, yeah. You know, say you drafted Karrion Johnson. He's shown, okay, Karrion Johnson's running back 16 uh, around there. You have a couple – you have another viable running back, and then you have like a running back like Chris Thompson. You know, Devontae Freeman's your number one running back, but at the same time, the point differential isn't too crazy – are you, I, I'm trying to get out from Devontae Freeman. Yeah, yeah me too. Me too. If, like if he has like the old value. I was going to say, if he has any return to, to value of, of value, um, you know, then, yeah, you can you can feel good about getting out from underneath. Because he's, I mean, he's 26. Um, he's definitely going to be there in Atlanta for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can feel good that you're unloading a guy that's not going to just totally crap the bed so you're not going to, like, burn the guy that you're – you're trading with but at the same time you can feel good that you're getting out before the the bottom drops out okay let's flip the script on this you need a little bit of running back help yeah the value is a little bit more down on Tevin Coleman are you trying to buy Kevin Coleman I mean Devontae Freeman are you trying to buy Devontae Freeman now before the season starts while the value is still kind of a little bit low if you are what do you think to ask you're a Freeman owner what would it take to get Freeman off of you like right now, like if I approached you and said, "Hey, Matt, I'll give you a first next year for Freeman." That's not going to cut it, right? That um, no, it would have to be a first and something. It would have to be probably a first and a player or something like that. Well, a running back with like potential, like a Naheem Hines. To, like, hey, I'll give you my first to Naheem Hines. Would that get it done? That might. Someone on those lines. Yeah. No, that'd be that'd be a lot more intriguing. Would it, like a first and Tevin Coleman get it done? A first and Tevin Coleman would probably get it done. Yeah, yeah. they would definitely get it done. Yeah. So, like, a first and something can probably get you Devontae Freeman. And that, you'd, you'd come away – I feel like you'd come away if you're, like, a contender. Because anytime I'm a contender, I always feel like my it's going to be a late first. So, I'm like, okay, I can always, sure. I can always part with a late first. Even though this year a late first to get your Cortland Sutton, to get your Anthony Miller, to get your Karrion Johnson. It's a good, it's a good draft right. this year. Right. You and I, at our draft this weekend, we said, hey, man, looking back on this, like, we could see this being a really nice – draft long term like some of these receivers can pan out really well obviously it's a good running back class this was a nice was, year yeah it, was, it definitely was i was happy I, I i ended up trading a bunch of players i had three first round picks so it was i came away very happy yeah you had a nice draft i came away lucky just from last year i guess Saquon barkley i had, I, I, I traded for a future first from the guy who came up and runner up he got riddled with injuries and with the first pick Worked yep. out for me very worked nicely. Worked out pretty good for you. And when that draft with no draft picks, I came away with one one two one and one seven. Yeah, it was it was great. So, I think I think from both sides of that, I think it's a win win situation. I think if you're buying Devontae Freeman, it's a win because you need obviously buying because you need some running back help as maybe you know Devontae Freeman's a great running back too with running back one potential. You feel really good about that, and if you just need a running back one. You know, maybe finishes a low end running back one, high end two, but everything else around your team is really strong. Your receivers are strong, and since you're hurting that running back, I think a first and a little bit of something on top can get it done. I 
I'd feel comfortable. Would you feel comfortable next year saying the guy's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want my whole, I want your whole draft. I want your first, second, third, and fourth and fifth. For Devontae Freeman? Yeah. Would I do that? Yeah. If somebody offered me a full draft for Devontae Freeman, I'd probably do that. Do that? Yeah. yeah so I'd be okay. And I'd be okay with giving it. I always feel like, I always feel like it's a good maneuver when you go at somebody and go, hey, I'll give you my whole draft. Because, you know, the fourth and fifth doesn't even really count as much. The third's hit and miss as it is already. Even this year in a, a deeper class, in the third, you're talking, you know. Oh, like middle of the third, end of the middle third. Middle of third's garbage. A- and high end, you're getting like a guy like Traquan Smith, you know, which is nice upside player right, here. sure. Um, That's maybe a Mark boot- Andrews in the right. third. So, for me, I always look at this like I'm, if I offer a whole draft, the third's a hit and miss pick as it is. It all comes down to the first and second. I'm only giving up a first and second, essentially. I know I'm giving them the whole draft, but as a championship contender, I can live without that third, fourth, and fifth. So, I mean, a lot of the time when you're a championship contender, you don't have a lot of room on your roster anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, who gives a crap? But that's man? a nice approach, yeah. too, don't you think, for a guy like Devontae Freeman? Like, hey, do I just give my whole draft for Devontae Freeman next year? Yeah. And that just the sound of that and all those picks, sometimes mm-hmm. like, ooh, you know? And maybe you could turn those picks into something, you sure. know? Like a Trent Cannon, maybe turns mm-hmm. into something. My last pick in the draft, maybe could turn into something. But I feel comfortable with that as well. And just like you said, like I'd probably do that. And right. to me, that's not nearly as good as a first in Tevin Coleman, right? Sure. All right, moving on. And but Tevin it's, Coleman, it's, you're buying Tevin Coleman too as a I nice w- upside player. I would buy Tevin Coleman. Testing the waters yep. for somebody you could definitely start this year in a flex role, um, spot start with the potential of next year being a guy and somewhere maybe possibly. Oakland. Oakland, right? You know, I think both uh, of us tons of places he could potentially end. We up. all we all know that's a place that's going to be looking for probably. A, I mean, you know, Chucky's going to be there, so he's going to want an established veteran, and that's you know that seems to make a lot of sense. I mean, it could be a pl- Tampa Bay. I know they just invested second round. We're going to talk about them here next, but Tampa mm-hmm. Bay could possibly need a running back. Let's get in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, Let's do shall it. we? Yep. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. We have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, Justin Watson. Running back, Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, Charles Sims, Jacquez Rogers. Tight end, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard. QB, Jameis Winston, Ryan Griffin, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's go right into the running back situation because that's where we were. Um, you know, they draft Ronald Jones pretty high in the second round. They have Peyton Barber there. They have Charles Sims, Jacquez Rogers. One of those guys is going to be the PPR third down back. I think it's going to be Charles Sims, personally. Um, Sims caught 35 balls last year. I know the coaching staff was all big on Quiz Rogers for a while there, tried to make him the guy, just never panned out. I um, and they brought they brought Charles Sims back on like a one year deal. Yeah. Uh, I just have. I used to like Charles Sims. <laughs> we used to like Charles Sims at West Virginia a lot. I don't like him anymore. I don't think he's got the skills at all, and and he's very just one di- he's one dimensional and. Um, he catches the ball very well. That's all he does. That's I all he does. That's all he does is catch the ball very well. I don't think he's got much wiggle. I don't. I. I just. I. I could definitely see him being the odd man out here. You know, they brought him back on a one-year deal, but they could easily cut that guy and get out from underneath it. I think he's gonna be their third-down specialist. Personally, that's right. my belief. It's either him or Quiz. Neither of them are very valuable. So it brings us down to Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. Now they bring in Ronald Jones, who a guy we've kind of poo-pooed on here right. all year long. Why have we pooped on Ronald Jones? I don't know. He's five foot eleven. Um, only had thirty two career catches throughout his forty games there at USC. He only only had seven, caught seven footballs in high school too. I saw that blurb. I didn't know that. Um, guy has small hands. Can't pass protect at all either. Big play, explosive kind of guy. As long as no one touches him. 
but he's so limited, man. I just can't get on this Ronald. And it, I don't know, man. Again, we've done it enough, so I'm not going to keep going on there. But it's him and Peyton Barber. And Peyton Barber actually last year when he came to man from when uh, from weeks 13 to 17, he averaged 4.3 yards per carry, 2.68 yards after contact. I mean, showed well enough there for me to draft the guy. But the big problem here is they invested a high pick in Ronald Jones, and they're going to force Ronald Jones in the situation to try and be the guy. They are going to, especially in the early in the year. You know, I mean, they're going to have to lean on that running game a little bit extra with with Jameis Winston uh, being suspended. And the problem with this is that coaching staff has shown over the years that they're like really stubborn. When they pick their running back, they want to use. They kind of like ride him out into like he's doing nothing, but they're like, "Oh, we're gonna keep giving him a chance here. This is a guy. We're sticking by him." Well, it's a good way to get fired. So there oh, you go. Oh, Dirk Cotter's gonna oh, get he's fired. Definitely gonna get fired. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, if, if you ask me now, like, like who's probably gonna be the better running back in that system? I would guess it's gonna be Payne Barber. All right. Well, but if you're gonna say who's gonna be the most fancy points, it's gonna be Ronald Jones because they're probably gonna ride him in. They're gonna that's the guy they're gonna use. I just don't like Ronald Jones as a long-term potential running back. Remember, Quiz Rogers was a pretty high draft pick yeah, in Atlanta. He was like a third or fourth rounder. Okay, but Ron Jones was a second rounder. Right. I, I got I got no arguments with you, man. I don't I don't really love Ronald Jones either. He's in a great situation, like you said. They're gonna they're gonna feed him the ball quite a bit, but um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. He he's he he doesn't play through contact at all. You know, once he's hit, he just falls right over. So it's gonna be, I think, frustrating for them. Yeah, I have just, a, to see him on the field. My brother-in-law. We, I'm in a rookie draft now online, so I was wrong about my last rookie draft. I forgot about another one. I'm in my last one right now. And uh, last year he traded Samaje P. Ryan for a first and Jimmy Graham. Great move. And he ended up getting Kerry and Johnson with that first. And I told him, I texted him right after I made a pick. I'm like, dude, great trade last year, getting rid of Samaj P. Ryan for that first. Now you got Kerry and Johnson and Jimmy Graham out of that trade. He's like, yeah. I was like, don't you remember when I te- after you made that pick last year, I yelled at you for taking P. Ryan? He's like, yes, I do. That's why I traded him. <laughs> like, good for you. I feel the same way about Ronald Jones this year. You know, I feel like the name is hot enough right now. You can get an equal value return where, you know, you get something back that you like a, a running back that you potentially like here and something like he got Jimmy Graham, you know, right. Jimmy maybe. Graham in a first round pick is a sweet deal for P Ryan, you know, coming so, off. So last. same thing here, man, if you could flip that, you know, for, I mean, maybe, maybe Ronald Jones went five and Karrion Johnson went 11. Maybe you could flip him for Karrion Johnson plus something. Right. Cause I would take Karrion Johnson over Ronald Jones 10 out of 10 times. So would I, so I feel like for me, if you're if so anybody's asking me for advice, you know, I'm saying, and obviously you as well. So if you're asking both of us for advice, you listen to this podcast, we tell you to flip Ronald Jones. And right now you probably get fair value where even if he panned out a little bit, and he was okay. Then it, it doesn't burn as bad. Yep. Get a, a future first and something else. Probably look at the receiving core. Obviously you have Mike Evans just signed a big five year, 82 and a half million dollar contract. This is a guy who for four straight seasons has had a thousand yards. Stud. Yep, total Young stud. Young yep. stud. Um, and what's interesting with Jameis Winston, you mentioned this before, which made me dig into it. In the 17 games without Jameis Winston, he's averaged actually more fancy points per game. Yeah, it doesn't really matter for his production. No, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, um, he's just going to keep on producing, just chuck him the ball, it's fine. No. So does that does that make you think that maybe Jameis isn't as good as we think Jameis is? Well, Jameis has that problem with the deep ball. He does, have it, and he is he has a problem with decision making too. He throws a lot of interceptions. Yeah, and I love Jameis Winston a lot. But, 
He needs know, to clean man. up some stuff, man. He does, but he's only 25. He's young. So yeah. he's entering that point now where, like, sometimes, you know, I think a guy of his aptitude and, you know, where he was at coming out and just listening to him talk, I feel like if you had him a guess, like, yeah, probably right around, like, 26, 27, where he's really going to be, like, good. Start getting, yeah. But this is it, man. This is where we got to start seeing some better quarterback play out of Jameis Winston. Because this is a guy who I predicted was, like... The next Andrew Luck. Yes. Yeah. I right. mean, that's how much I like Jameis Winston. I mean, when he was coming out, I preached him, like, no tomorrow. Right? We're, like, we were pushing him, hey, take Jameis Winston, like, five, six in this draft. He's worth it. So, for me... It is. It's it's a question mark with for him, but he produces when he's in there at times. And we still, if you look at the stats, like when I was doing some research on the Buccaneers, on notes I didn't write down. Like a lot of his stats are still pretty good. Like his just. No, oh, yeah, he's not. He's not a bad fantasy guy. Yeah, he just. I think he's got some issues. Um, he's got some issues just throwing too many interceptions and stuff like that, and forcing balls. Looking at his fingers for the W. Ugh. Stealing lobsters, crab legs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of bad decisions. There's that stuff that's just, you know, gross. Well, that's, that's young. Yeah. We've all been there. We've all been idiots. One time I walked into uh, Kroger in Columbus at 3 in the morning, and I just started eating the roasted rotisserie chicken. It, it wasn't legal. That's not legal, man. The, the manager didn't like it. <laughs> he, he came to me, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I, I saw him coming up with the chicken down. <laughs> he's like... He's like, you got to pay for this chicken. I'm like, I'm not paying for that chicken. Somebody ate that chicken. <laughs> He's like, you ate that chicken. I'm like, I did not. Sir, I would never come into a fine establishment like this Kroger and just start eating a random chicken. <laughs> you want that W? <laughs> and I briskly walked out of the building oh, to be young and back in college. So besides Mike Evans, who's not a lot to talk about. He's a, he's a top Nine dynasty start up here. You can argue top five. I still like Mike Devontae Adams over him just because of overall situation. Same age. I'm going to take all the touchdowns with Devontae Adams and what comes with him and Aaron Rodgers personally. Not saying he's a better receiver overall. No, it's, Mike a, Evans. it's a way better situation. But with for Aaron fantasy Rogers. football wise, right. you know, I like Devontae Adams more than Mike Evans. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you need to. I don't think we need to beat the Mike Evans drum too much. I mean, he's a really good asset. I think what we have to figure out is the the value of the other guys. You know. So um, we have here Adam Humphreys, who played eighty two percent of his snaps, um, at a seventy three percent seventy three percent catch rate. He's a slot receiver, right? So he's locked in there. So it comes on the outside here. You have Deshaun Jackson. You know, they're talking about cap wise. He's a, what. After next year, they can totally get out from him. He's thirty-one. There's there's literally um, no dead money after next year. They can get out from underneath him. He's gone. So yeah, he's he's got a ten million dollar number, and they can get all that back if they cut him. So he, he's gone. See, my research on this too, I saw that like there's a lot of times Deshaun Jackson was somewhat frustrated because the tape showed that he got open a lot, and just Deshaun Jameis Winston didn't get him the ball, didn't see him, couldn't get the ball to him. But he beat coverage, like the speed was still there for him. But he is thirty one and they've been talking about Chris Godwin a lot out of Penn State. Right. A guy who you didn't really like the tape on, who I liked more than you, mm-hmm. starting to show a little bit, and they're saying, Hey, if he could beat out Deshaun Jackson, get that outside role, there's room for him to be a fantasy guy. I think Godwin for me, I think it's to be a mix between D Jax and Godwin this year. I think Godwin's gonna come into the picture mainly. Maybe he comes in towards the end of the year, but he's gonna be the guy in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think Godwin, you know, obviously projects 
uh, you know, to be the guy following, you know, following this year. So 2019. But there's the the interesting rookie that you mentioned, the Justin Watson guy who who um, came from like a D2 school. So sure, really big guy. Yeah, six foot three. Um, you know, two twenty or something like that. So he's he's got a ton of size that would, you know, he'd be pretty physically imposing on the other side of of Mike Evans there, throwing those two guys out there. But I mean, it could easily fall to the point where it's you know Justin Watson in in you know next year Justin Watson on you know three wide receiver sets go to the outside and then they, they move bump Godwin in the they, slot. they they bump Godwin in the inside and it's not like Godwin's small I no. mean he's six two himself so so. there's tons of big slot receivers right. so tons. I mean it would be but those three guys I think are, are the future there of the wide receiving core and and kind of bumping Humphreys to the side a little bit. Yeah, Justin Watson showed really well in OTAs, caught everything. Mm-hmm. Big guy, too, right. man, can move a little bit as well. Real intriguing prospect. Definitely, if he's on your waiver wire, pick him up. Adam is a nice stash. If you didn't draft him in your rookie draft, he's probably not eligible for your taxi squad. But I'd absolutely keep him on my roster. He's as a nice a bottom. He's bottom. a nice bottom of the roster guy. Yeah, for sure. somebody you're looking to maybe get some payback from, you know, in 2020. Mm-hmm. But if you can maintain him and you have the room, I like to add up Justin Watson for sure there. Like I said, Deshaun Jackson's not long. Adam Humphreys is nice. He's reliable. But he's never going to be really a fantasy asset there. So where's that fantasy asset going to come from? That's the thing. Know? Like, how, I mean, you're ne- you're never feeling good um, putting Adam Humphreys into your starting lineup. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're not a winner. No. You're not a, you're not a championship contender with that. You not know? at all. And Chris Godwin right now, I mean, the hype's out there. You're not buying Chris Godwin. The price is too high. The price is you too know? high. Yep. Nobody's going to sell him to you for a second. Nobody's they're gonna want. Nobody's gonna pay a first. Yep. So he's not gonna be moving. If you're drafting them, good for you because you probably draft in the second round of your rookie draft. And if you want to buy, I'd pay a second for sure, but I'm not paying a first. Nope. So that's where I look at that situation. Justin Watson, waiver wire, Adam, tight end situation. You know they signed uh, Cameron Bray to a six year, forty one million dollar deal. But that deal is really kind of false because it's only a one-year, $7 million deal because they can totally get out scot-free after this year. That is exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's it's $7 million bucks guaranteed. It's in this year. After that, none of the guaranteed money is is there. They can get out, get out from it. It's basically a series of one-year deals after that. But he showed well. It was a nice red zone threat because they drafted O.J. Howard in the first round. But Cameron Brait was used. We're talking about slot. I mean, Cameron Brait was used primarily out of the slot. I mean, 60% of his targets were out of the slot. Yeah, last year they want to run two tight end sets there. OJ Howard came out a little bit stronger at the end year, at the end of the year. But Howard did block sixty percent of the time. When we were talking about the rookies when they were coming out, we're like, okay, OJ Howard's the most well-rounded tight end of this group. Oh yeah, because he, he could do it really all. well, yeah. and he catches really well. And we said, like, does this hurt him a little bit? Because then he's going to be asked to block a little bit more. Where Evan Ingram's not going to be asked to block. David Njoku's not going to be asked to block. You know, even a guy like George Kittle is not going to block as much. Does that hurt him? And it did year one. Yep. But at the same time, he did come out a little bit later in the year last year, and on, he only had 20, 39 targets. But of those 39 targets, he turned them into six touchdowns, just as many as Cameron Bray. Yeah. And and you could see Cameron Bray's um, numbers taper off as the year went. And O.J. Howard's, it was, it was a very um, – converse relationship you know what i mean so uh, as oj howard's numbers were kind of had a he had a good week cameron Brates kind of started going down so it was um things are looking up there for oj howard i would say and you know if i'm a cameron Brait owner i i would be motivated personally to sell the guy you know coming off that 
huge extension and try to sell that and try to sell it as more than just a series of basically one year deals where they can get out from underneath that guy whenever they want after this year. Um, tight end desperate team might be willing to buy. Sure. Tight end premium league. Yeah. Hold some more value there. Go to that guy that just lost Hunter Henry and see, see what you can get for a guy like Cameron Brait, um, and, and, and bump the price up a little bit, you know, see what you can get and, and get what out from underneath this what guy. What do you think? Second round pick? You can come away happy with that? I would come away happy. I would it, too. Yeah, if I was a candidate. high player. value. Yeah. It'd be hard to get that, I think. But on a, on, a, on a team that had a Hunter Henry that had high hopes, like you said, right. they might be willing to pay that because they need tight end help. And so. plus, I mean, there's going to be more injuries, obviously, coming up. So you don't have to just rely on just that one person to go, you know, hunt. Uh, so, But the, the needle looks like it's going towards, I mean, it's it's clear. I mean, they invested a first round pick in a guy, OJ Howard. He might be the nice buy low here going into year two. Because again, now what have you done for me lately in the NFL fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football? What have you done for me lately? Well, here you go, OJ Howard. He blocked sixty percent of his uh, uh, sure. snaps last year. People Only might thirty nine targets. Right. People might be down just seeing other guys. You know, obviously Evan Ingram. You know, far up produced him from a fantasy standpoint last year. So. Cameron Brate's contract. Right. I mean, there are some contributing factors that you could try to buy low. Right. And I've seen some and I, in some of my tight end premium leagues. I've seen people selling OJ Howard. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of, you know, I, I would I would have paid that for OJ Howard. It's been my reaction. Like, right. Oh, that's kind of good value on him. So overall, the Buccaneers okay shape dynasty wise, right? You know, obviously Mike Evans is the gold mine here, and then everything else has you know Godwin potential, Justin Watson deep stash potential. We don't like the running backs, and we're okay in the tight ends. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Let's move to a team that has some really great dynasty potential here. All right. And that's the Saints. Yes, sir. Saints just so happen to hold some of my favorite dynasty players in all of dynasty fantasy football. Wide receiver, you have Michael Thomas from The Ohio State University. Cameron Meredith. Ted Ginn from The Ohio State University. Austin Carr. At running back, you have Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Boston Scott. And then you have a mix down there in the bottom between Shane Vereen, Terrence West, and Jonathan Williams. Like, who's going to win that last right. spot? Um, I would kind of guess it's going to be Terrence West, personally, if I had a game one to three. Uh, tight end, you have Ben Watson. And then you have Michael Humanawanui. And then at QB, you have Drew Brees, Tom Savage, and JT Barrett from the Ohio State University. Saints love Ohio State, by the way. They absolutely do. Don't even talk me on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You get a whole bunch more of them over there, too. So we'll start here at the QB, one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, Drew Brees, 39 years old, uh, quietly coming off one of the best years he's ever had, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, I know their touchdowns dropped all around in the Saints, but at the same time, you know his touchdowns dropped last year. Drew Brees set the completion percentage record at 72%. And he led the league in yards per attempt with 8.1. Uh, he had he was second best in NFL on accurate throws over 20 yards with 52.5%. And he was QB9 overall last year. And that's with a touchdown regression. He is 39 years old, so this is like the last go for Drew Brees here. But he's a total definition of everything I like out of my quarterback. Smart and extremely accurate. Well said, sir. Um, Drew Brees is awesome. Yeah, love him. His targets there at the court receiver position are Michael Thomas, you know, top eight dynasty startup player. I would personally take Michael Thomas over, not saying he's more valuable than these guys, but I am taking him over 
almost all the running backs. You know, oh, no, news and notes. Todd Gurley signs an extension today. Yes, he did. Or he's there for six years, locked up, making $15 million per year, $45 million guaranteed. All record numbers for running backs. You know, there's very few running backs. I When I do my dynasty startups, there's very few running backs I would take in the first round. Todd Gurley kind of fits that bill of the one running back I'm taking. I'm not taking Le'Veon Bell just because of age, production. Don't know where he's going to go. I'm not taking Zeke Elliott. You know I love him. His jersey's on my wall here from Ohio State. Fantastic running back. But, you know, a lot of question marks there with his attitude there too. The lifespan of Right, just the, the position itself. Right. You know, love Alvin Kamara on the Saints. I'm just not taking him over a receiver like Michael Thomas. I'm taking Michael Thomas. I, I think besides Todd Gurley, I'm taking Michael Thomas over every running back, which most people wouldn't do that. So, super young. I'd, I'd probably take a few running backs, but. That's your style. That's my mine. style, right. I'd much rather come away with two quality running backs or just try and get another good running back on the back end uh, there or build around PPR guys. But me, that's why I love to have a pick. Like, somebody asked me the other day, like, if you had a startup pick, where would you like to be? And I, I would love to get, like, right around 11th pick and somehow finagle. My, my dream startup in a dynasty startup is coming away like if I had eleventh pick, and I, first pick I get Michael Thomas, second pick I get Devontae Adams, and I'm a st- and I'm ecstatic. And then in the third round, I'm hoping you know make a guy like Jerick McKinnon's there. Worst case, I could take a Devontae Freeman if I need to run him back, but worry about that later. You know, love Michael Thomas. This is a guy who is coming up back to back wide receiver one years. His 196 receptions are the most by anyone in the history of the NFL in their first two years. The guy is dominant. He's been a wide receiver one every year he's ever played. Boom. He's that big, tall receiver, six foot three, great offense, great system. Michael Thomas. Love him, love him, love him. To me, he's right up there with Mike Evans. Does he does he get the respect in your eyes that he deserves? I, I don't think so. In the NFL, I don't think he does. I think in the dynasty community he does. Okay. I think everybody he's I mean he's he's in his second going into his third year, he's already locked in right. his ADP first round in Dynasty. I mean I feel like I feel like he's almost like an afterthought to the NFL, I guess. Or to like the general public for yeah. whatever reason. And he's a he's a he's a stud. He's the future top end receiver up there. I mean yeah. he's he's oh, gonna get paid, just like Mike all these guys get paid. But I agree with you. I think in the NFL the stats are there. Everything's there for him, but people don't give him, like, when you think they the best receivers in the NFL, you know, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, guys right. that, that deserve to be up there, but Michael Thomas be, deserved to be up there with all those guys, personally. Yeah, he's he's, very, he's a very solid, he's a very solid wide receiver. I think he, I think it's. He doesn't make any – you never see him make, like, huge splash plays or amazing high, highlight reel catches. So he's just not on, like, ESPN and crap like that enough to have, like, this huge, you know, big name where everyone is blowing him out of proportion, basically. So I, I love him. Uh, he's, he's a very steady guy, man, and, and those are the kind of guys I like the most, to be honest. Yeah, consistent. Very consistent. Very yep. consistent in his, his production there. Where do you view him in a startup? So I just told, like I, I said, hey, I'm taking the guy, like these running backs here. I just mentioned before, you know, a guy like Todd Gurley. What? So you're taking Zeke ahead of him? I would, I would probably take Zeke. I would. There, there's a few select running backs I would Kamara? take. I would have to, th- I would have to think about that. Would it be I would a bad pick? It would, it, no, it wouldn't. It would all, it would all depend on where I was at and where who I th- could think I was getting on the way back. So okay. I mean, it's it's hard to just say, you know, who I would take, depending on where I was at. You would take him over Devontae Adams. 
I really like Devontae Adams. but I think the only question mark here is Drew Brees is 39. Right. That's what I mean. And, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be there probably another three or four years after Drew Brees is gone. So, I mean, that's that's where I think my hang-up with him is just a little bit. Like the long-term does become like Demarius Thomas where it's right. like who's throwing the football? Yep. Where's the fantasy production coming from? Okay, I get down with that. They bring Cameron Meredith. You know, the Bears don't match. They was restricted. They bring him in. Looking for him to be the slot receiver coming off, you know, his ACL injury. Said he's going to be okay. He's going to start camp. He's going to be all right. As I say, he avoided, he avoided Pup, right? Yeah, Brandon Coleman did not avoid Pup. He is on Pup. Is he? So we'll see if he can make the squad here. I didn't even mention him. I, Austin Carr and Brandon Coleman. Uh, well, Brandon Coleman might be looking, you know, he might be on the outside looking in kind of on a roster spot there. Yeah, big guy, but when you bring a guy six foot two, two hundred three, and Trey Cron Smith, the rookie get receiver at UC, UCF, who runs a four four nine, has really long arms. Yeah, Brandon Coleman's probably going to be on the outside looking in here because Traquan Smith looks like he's a future. You know, Ted Ginn's 37, I mean 33. He's still a burner. And, you know, for a guy that has, you know, early in his career, most of his career had drop issues, he only dropped two footballs last year. He's very consistent and still had, I think, on his time speed was timed very well. So he's an outside receiver. Cameron Meredith in the slot. If Cameron Meredith can't pull it off, maybe they move Traquan Smith in there. Uh, and that, he's like their safety net. But at the same time, it's probably going to be Trey, Ted Ginn's last year there. It's going to be the Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith show going forward. I'm I'm with you there. The, those guys, I, I you know, I those guys are the, the, the future, I think. And Cam Meredith being a nice sneaky guy uh, that you could probably buy for pretty cheap with really high upside. He's got huge offense. upside, I, I think, in this offense. So like thousand-yard receiving upside. Yeah, this is definitely an offense that could support that, especially with um, – their tight end situation the way it is. Yeah, speaking of the tight ends, I, I you know, I'm in my Scott Fishbowl, and I, I told, kept telling you, I was like, I'm going to sneak Ben Watson. That's mm-hmm. my sneak pick for the Scott Fishbowl. I want him. I need him. This is going to be great. And then Jamie Eisenberg from CBS sniped me uh, two picks beforehand. Of course. That's so how that works. It does. So Ben Watson, he's right up there with Drew Brees, right? Real close to birth years. Um, you know, they, they, they were, uh, riding cabin, right. Ben Watson's 37. Yep. Uh, in 2008, they were teammates before Ben Watson finishes tight end eight overall with Drew Brees, Mm -hmm. a a position. They really like to utilize a lot. Never came to fruition with Kobe Fleener was a complete flop. Kobe flopper, not Fleener, (laughs) you know, right there with a pooper, Austin pooper, Kobe flopper. (laughs) Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of nonsense going around in the tight end position. A lot, a lot of a lot, lot, lot of loose ends going around here oh boy. at the tight end position. If you know what I mean. Yeah, tight end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Uh, so I think Ben Watson again in a, in a, in a tight end premium league, a t- person that needs tight end help, you can get Ben Watson for disgustingly cheap. You should, round pick? you should be able to. Yeah. A fourth I mean, round pick? Yeah. I think that's the price that, yeah. He's 37 years old. You shouldn't pay any more than a no, fourth round it's pick. A one year, you're, yeah. It's a one-year flyer. This yeah. is one, it's a one-way ticket, baby. Yep. Stairway to heaven. <laughs> that's where you're going. So what do you think about the, you know, the guy directly behind him, Josh Hill? Do you, you see any value there? I know he was kind of like a in vogue type of guy maybe three years ago or something like that when he signed there i think the best way to put it is i forgot to even write his name down here in the depth chart. i know that's why i mentioned it <laughs> that's why i mentioned it i think very little of him <laughs> right. i think the tight end i think at tight end they're gonna be looking somewhere via free agency or the draft uh for their future tight end right now this they weren't able to address it this year 
So they're going to get into it possibly in the future years. But for this year, 2018, I like Ben Watson mm-hmm. to possibly finish as a nice low-end tight end one. But once you get to the round tight end eight, say he finishes tight end eight to 11 again, I mean, they're all equals. They in are. My eyes. They're clumped together basically back there. So let's get to the cream of the crop here. So this team has two, you know, you're talking about the Steelers with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. This is a younger version of that with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I mean, Alvin Kamara, again, like we said, he, you know, 6.1 yards per carry. Um, this is, he had 728 rushing yards, 826 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns. Had a concussion in week 14. Uh, cost me a playoff game. <laughs> but once he came back, he out-touched and out-snapped Mark Ingram. So, and there was reports coming out where, like, even before Ingram's suspension, they were already talking, like, okay, we're going to replace Ingram with Kamara. He's the guy going forward. So even besides the suspension from Mark Ingram, who's suspended for four games, then he had to five week five bye, which really hurts his value. Oh yeah, I mean you're missing him for how much of this? I mean, like more than a more than a third or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's almost almost half the regular right. season's twelve games. So sure, what's that forty percent of the games he's going to miss? Yep. I mentioned earlier Alvin Kamara was third in the NFL in targets for running back because the system's so well. Alvin, you know, I said uh, Christian McCaffrey was first, Le'Veon Bell was second, Alvin Kamara third. He's not going to average six point yards one yards per carry, but I mean he could dip two yards there and we're okay. Yep, we're okay. The guy's <laughs> dynamic. He's very dynamic. First round dynasty startup dynamic potential, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. So, for me. Look at this running back situation. It's the Kamara show going forward, and he does. It doesn't matter if Drew Brees is a quarterback there because the system suits him perfectly. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, I think he's one of those guys that, um, especially obviously with Mark Mark Ingram out for the first, you know, four weeks of the season, um, they're going to ride him hard in those first four weeks, knowing that they're going to be getting a guy back as well. And they have so, a good offensive line too. They have a really good offensive a really line. Really good offensive. So I mean, line. he's he's one of those guys that. If you're looking to start off the season hot, um, you, hopefully you've got a, a, a Kamara share because he's going to be owning that backfield. It, w- it might be one of those things. By the time, by the time Ingram's back, they might just be rolling too well to get Ingram. They'll utilize. They'll him. use him because they're going to utilize whoever who, you know, whether it's Terrence West or Jonathan Williams. You think? I mean, not, like those not guys to the point are, of yeah. like good, va- not like value, but he'll. I mean, come on, Ingram's talented, so he's going to get on the field. He's going to be out after this year, so they're going to they're going to use him as well. Right, Ingram's in in the last year of his deal. Yep. So for me, Kamara, where do you view him? Like, is he up there with Saquon Barkley for you? Like, the easy choice here is Saquon well, Barkley. Well, that's well, I don't know if that's the easy choice. I, think. I know, it, dude. If you question Dines community, it'd be if you said, "What do they have? Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara?" We put a poll on Twitter. I'll put a poll on Twitter when we're doing this podcast. I think you're going to be – it's going to be 90% Saquon Barkley, dude. Okay. Well, I mean – I don't view it that way. I don't th- view it that way. That's rookie fever, you know. I mean, like – Fever. Yeah. I mean, Kamara's done it in the league for a year. So, that's what I, – I like those kind of guys way more than I like all these potential of these rookies. Personally, um, personally, I like a guy that's done it for, you know, two or three years. So, um, yeah. Well, like, wouldn't you love to be able to tr- – it's just kind of hard to say because now what if, Bar- if Barkley's girly – then well, that's what that's what this that's what makes the world go round. You know, that's <laughs> you know what, what I mean? the game. You but know, wouldn't I mean? you love to be able to like flip Barkley for Kamara in a first? 
I'd feel great about oh, that. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Because even if Kamara dips, so maybe he doesn't finish his wide receiver th- running back three overall. He finishes running back six. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Even then, I still see he could finish his running back three again. He's he's really talented. He's going to catch a ton of balls. I mean, he's. Who would you take ahead of him? <sighs> Gurley. Yeah. Do you think it'd be really smart, though, to take Bell ahead of Kamara? No. No, neither do I. No, not at all. Who who is that the consensus that is that the ADP shown, you know, at this point yeah. in the game? Yeah. I don't think that's a smart move at all. I don't think so either. Like I would love to be able to flip Le'Veon Bell straight up for Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I think Le'Veon Bell is probably gonna finish with the most fancy points out of everybody this year. because uh, they're gonna ride him into the ground pretty well and he's an absolute I think he's the best running back in the NFL. For this year. For this year. Yeah. But we played Dynasty. This is Dynasty, football. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can easily make the case. Okay, so we both agree. Long-term, we'd rather have Kamara than Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. For long-term projection. So, Gurley's one. Who else are you taking ahead of Kamara? I'm not taking David Johnson at 26 ahead of Kamara. There's no way. I mean, th- those are the guys you're looking at. Him, Zeke, and, and you know. Well, David Johnson's right in the same boot. I mean, obviously, less carries, but Le'Veon Bell. I'm taking Le'Veon Bell before I take David Johnson. Me too. He's done So it. you're not He's taking David Johnson ahead of Alvin Kamara. Right. No, I, right. no, I think it's the Zeke, Zeke Elliott's of the world. and, and Barkley? I don't know about Barkley, though. But Barkley's, you wouldn't take Barkley. I'd be okay with it. I'd probably flip-flop. That's what I mean. Like I'm like I'm, like, right on the fence with those two. Okay. So that's why I mean it's a good question. I'm telling you, when you put it's, this poll out, dude, it's gonna be ninety percent Barclay. I agree with you. Like I'm okay with Kamara. Like yeah. I'm totally okay with the system he plays in and the weapons around. And it's him. not like Kareem Hunt's all that far behind those guys. No, no, absolutely not. Leonard Fournette is yeah. not that far down by him. I mean, the guy's losing weight. He's pretty dynamic himself. He's probably we probably underrate Leonard Fournette way too much just because of the ankle, but he's dynamic. Dalvin Cook, right? But you're still taking Kamara ahead of all those guys. Yeah. Yep. So right now we got Gurley and Zeke. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that's it, man. There's not a lot ahead of him. So Kamara's our number three overall dynasty running back? Yeah, he must be. Then Barkley? Barkley and then Kareem Hunt and, you know, those type of guys. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, yeah. Dalvin Cook's a sexy mofo. I love me some Cook. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's been a lot of change up there in the past couple years. Yeah, I would look at it. I would would have 3A and 3B Barkley and Kamara just so – Barkley's gonna, you know, when Barkley catches eighty-five footballs too, and he's good to go, <laughs> and he'll his targets. Um, yeah, and then I probably like I like a guy like Dalvin Cook. I'm just not drafting Bart Bell unless it's the second round. Personally, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. He's getting older. He's got you know um, a to. I mean, he's had a lot of usage in the past two years, and he's going to have a lot this year as well. And the, the chances of him being able to sustain that long term is is very slim. Can we make the Connor argument where we've only had seen Kamara do it for one year? Yeah. And you have Mark Ingram to offset him? Yeah. Yeah. You can. definitely can. But I'm still buying. But oh. I definitely oh. saw him run. So. Yeah. <laughs> so if, I, if I, I wasn't like, like in our league, if I wasn't yeah. like a legit contender to win our league, I would absolutely try and flip Le'Veon for Kamara. Like absolutely. I would. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's it. That's the South. That's the NFC South. Uh, we did that long enough here, so let's get out of here. Sure. I gotta see if I'm if I won a mega millions. <laughs> All right, I gotta see if I gotta go to work tomorrow. You could be a millionaire right now. I could be a millionaire right now, multi millionaire. And if I do, 
this website's going to get way sweeter. Nice. And we're going to do po- way more podcasts. We're going to have way more free time. Cool. Uh, so in the meantime, if you're not done listening to podcasts, go check out DynastyNerds.com for all your awesome Dynasty content. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. Follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. If you want to support the podcast, you can always buy an awesome, amazing, comfortable T-shirt. Send a couple out this morning uh, at the post office. Most comfortable T-shirt you will ever wear. Guaranteed to increase your high five intake. Make you look better. Make you feel better. That's what it's all about. That is. It feels so good. Feel good, look good, baby. Yep. Or look good, feel good. I think it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's both. That's what she said. (laughs) Oh, that's what they both said if you're going both ways. Uh, And, of course, if you want to do something to support the podcast, you can always leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Helps us out a lot because it keeps us up to the top of the list when it comes to fantasy football. So leave us there. I think we're almost at like 600. We have 627 reviews. Nice. Yeah, we're going closer. I'm not Creeping. Up. Creeping. Slowly might get to 700. Once we get 1,000, I'm giving away 10 T-shirts. I'm telling you. It's going to be a, I'm going to go nuts. Um, and of course, you want, if you want to talk Dynasty with not just us, with thousands of people, join our Fantasy Football, Dynasty Fantasy Football group on Facebook. Just go to DynastyNerds.com, c- click the group chat, and you can join our group page there. Literally thousands of people to give you opinions, tons of polls, tons of comments. It's a great place to interact, to discuss Dynasty. Definitely this time of the year when everything's a little bit down. But training camps all start this week, so we're back at it, baby. You know we have a football game next week, Matt? What? Yeah, Hall of Fame game. That's next week? August 3rd. Oh, wow, that crept up quick. And then the week after that, guess what? Preseason games. Holy. Then the week after that, I'm going to my first preseason, preseason game, August 17th, Cleveland Browns, Friday night. I'll be there, baby. Crazy, oh, man. Got four seats now. That crept up quick. Oh, I love it. Dude, the season's going to be before we know it. Yes, it you know is. You know going to be after that? It's going to be over. <laughs> <laughs> For some people, after week three, their season's going to be over. Oh, no. But not this guy. Not this guy. So, until then, we'll be back next week with our last division breakdown. Then we'll be back with our Dynasty Fantasy Football Sleepers and then the Bold Predictions. And then we're going to roll right into the season. Nice. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.